thank you very much. Let me introduce you, um, Professor Fiona Robson, the head of Edinburgh Business School and Social Sciences at Harriet Watt University in Dubai. Thank you very much uh, for joining me. And um, today I would like to follow up um, with you on the piece that you wrote for the Edinburgh Observer about culture diversity in the workplace. Um, it's good to have you here. And um, without del further delays, I would like to ask you, what happens when businesses bring diverse culture in the workplace? It provides great opportunities to have different experiences, different points of view, people who might think of things a bit more creatively. And it, it, it stops that kind of position where organisations keep doing the same thing year after year after year. I also think from an individual and group level, it's really rewarding to be able to learn about other cultures and really work out what the best roles for people are and how that will make the organisation successful. But is that something that organisations value or it is just something that we try to let them value? So there has been some research that suggests that um, organisations with diverse workforces perform better. And there are, there are various reasons for that. Some of it is to do with corporate social responsibility. So as you know, we'll have, there are things like gender reporting um, in some countries by law. In other countries, they might report on gender or age or nationality, um, even though they don't necessarily need to. So I think it's also part of that CSR. But also from a cynical point of view, there is research that suggests that businesses um, benefit in terms of um, customers if they see a workforce that is representative to them. And there was a particular case in, uh, in England, in Birmingham, where they did it a pilot and really found that that was the case, that when they changed the front of house staff and they were much more representative of the local community, they got more customers and they made more money. Oh, that's very interesting. I would imagine in such cultures you expect customers to want to perhaps want to have a cult a diverse business or is it that people are just giving they feel valued so they're investing more what is the argument here um i think it's a bit of both i think that um through the news through all of the research that i think cultural diversity is on the agenda certainly thinking about my niece and nephew at school, it's the sort of discussions they're having, and they weren't discussions that we were having when I was at school many years ago. So I think everybody is much more aware around equality and diversity and the benefits that that could bring, and trying to make it part of normal organisational life, not something special that we have to do on top of it. So, Professor, at the university, when these subjects come up, um, what kind of discussions do you lead with students um, when it comes to cultural diversity? Do you think the future generation is much more keen on that or this is something that we have to inject as well in them? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. So um, recently I was working in Qatar and for some of the students, um, cultural diversity was something that was quite new. So in terms of their upbringing, their school, their families, they perhaps hadn't really been exposed to that many people from different cultures. 
And I think one of the most successful things to do for students is to really sell it to them as an advantage so that when they're looking for a graduate job, for example, they can say, yes, we've worked in multicultural teams. These are the skills that I have. And that really mirrors what organizations are looking for. And I think it also generates some really interesting questions. So before I moved to Qatar, there was lots of stuff I didn't know about Arab culture. And actually through talking to the students, I've learned so much. And I think they were very pleased that I wanted to learn about their culture and then return, you know, I I would talk to them about the UK. So we certainly do it around employability, but also around the workplace. So in many countries such as Dubai and uh, Qatar, the vast majority of the workforce are expatriates. So the reality is that those students are going to be working in culturally diverse organisations, even if in their home country. Right. And that brings me to to another question where I want to take a step back and ask you, what does culture mean in an organization? Um, And then after we define that, how does the external culture affect the organization? Yes, culture, it's a difficult one to kind of exactly define. So one of the the most common um, definitions is about having shared values, belief systems, attitudes and behaviours. When I introduce it to students, I talk about it as the DNA of the organisation or the way we do things around here. So they're not always things that you can see, such as uniforms, which might show, you know, level of seniority or which nationality people are from. It's those much more intangible things that when you join an organisation, you gradually learn about. Right. And then... Should the company match its culture inside with what's outside, with the country's culture, for example? I I think it's a real blend. So I think it's whichever country you're operating in, it's really important to be culturally aware, culturally sensitive. Um, For example, working in universities, thinking about Eid and Ramadan, thinking about the sorts of content that we might deliver to our students but also recognizing at the same time that there are different viewpoints and that we don't always have to agree on everything, but we do have to be respectful in listening and learning about other cultures. And often there are snippets that we think, oh, that's really interesting. That's really good. That's something that I would like to try out in the future. So I think it can be a really positive thing. Right. What happens if companies do not incorporate the external culture? Culture can be, you can have a really nice, um, warm culture environment where people feel very satisfied, more productive, more likely to stay in the organisation. I guess the opposite would probably be what we would call a toxic culture, where people don't feel um, appreciated in the workplace. Perhaps the values that the organisation claim to have are evident in the the policies, practices um, and management styles. And that would have the opposite effect to a positive working culture in that it could lead to increased employee absence, employees wanting to leave to go to another 
organisational, um, and perhaps even an impact on well-being and productivity. So there's a really compelling argument to celebrate different cultures and to recognise the importance of culture, and at the same time, from an organisational point of view, trying to avoid the characteristics of, of toxic cultures, which are very difficult to bring back from. Right. I, I would like to ask you a little bit more about the challenges of cultural diversity. There must be challenges for bringing a, a diverse culture in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. So one of the examples that, that I would use is the perception around time. So in the UK, if your lecture starts at nine o'clock, the students are up there at 8.55 and you start your lecture at nine o'clock. If you're in a country um, such as Qatar, the students will probably start coming in about 9.15, 9.20. And that is not meant as any sign of disrespect, just time seen in a slightly different way. Also, sometimes um, that there might be really practical issues. So, for example, um, there are many um, Muslim women students who I've taught who haven't wanted to be... Um, caught on cameras or videos when we've been recording presentations. And that's why it's really important to be able to have the relationships with people, for them to be able to say to you, actually, I'm really not comfortable with that, but could I do this bit instead? And I think encouraging the students to, to share elements of their culture with others, whether that's in a fun way, such as having a cultural day with different foods and those sorts of things, or whether it's asking students to present case studies and to compare and contrast different cultures so that they appreciate that they do exist and there is no one that is better than the other, but actually just having that awareness um, will make them good future leaders. Right. I don't know. I mean, um, I think it's a very interesting topic and it's quite diverse. Uh, it, in itself, it is a diverse topic. Is there any final thoughts on what could be beneficial for an organization or challenging when it comes to culture diversity? So I think in terms of um, trying to promote a positive workplace culture, it's about having two-way communication, giving managers the skills. So actually managing a culturally diverse workforce um, is quite challenging because you need to have an understanding of some employees, you know, may need to take breaks for prayer time. Um, there may be other commitments that um, employees might have. Um, and to really try to celebrate that diversity, to provide opportunities for um, empowerment, to give them feedback forums. Um, there's a quote that I really like from Peter Drucker, which is culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I really like that because I think it's so important that you could have the best all singing, all dancing strategy in the world. But actually, if you don't have a positive working culture or if you've got an organisation which just isn't quite functioning in that way, it doesn't matter how good your strategy might be. Is there anything else we'd like to add? It's a very big topic. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of things that I was thinking about. Um, one of them is I, I really believe that, that you've got to see it to be it. 
So certainly as a woman, I am very proactive around supporting, mentoring other women. And I was working in this um, part of the world. I'm also really trying to encourage students to do that as well. That means having really good representations when we have organisations coming in, when we have professional bodies, so that they can see those opportunities and serve those success stories and being able to see success at all different levels um, of the organisation. And I think that the final thing to say, I guess, is that failure is okay. Um, it's about what we can learn from it. So I think sometimes people feel if there is one cultural faux pas, that's the end of it. But actually, that can be a really good discussion point around what we can learn and what we might do differently next time. But we can't just assume that we can pick up people from 20 different countries, throw them in a room and that everything is going to be harmonious. It does need to be facilitated. It does need everybody to have an open mind. And it needs managers who are really committed to bringing out the best in everybody. It's difficult, but <laughs> I'm saying it's difficult out of experience because I worked with different managers, I remember, and it was really difficult to explain to them a little bit of my culture. Uh, but it cost them a talent, right? So is that the cost that if you don't appreciate culture, is that a cost that people would leave? Yeah, I think that if the culture is something that you're not comfortable in, so for example, if I was to work in a culture which was very sort of masculine and, you know, there was no women in senior roles and there was lots of jobs for the boys, I would find that really difficult and, and I wouldn't want to work in that sort of culture. I like to work for places where I will have the opportunity to try out new things, to meet new people, to continue to develop my cultural intelligence. So even the differences between Qatar and Dubai, which I'm still learning about now. Um, but for me, that would be a real deal breaker. But even if it's a fantastic organisation, if there wasn't a supportive culture who actually lived the values, because anybody can say what their values are, but if they live by those values, people will want to stay. Um, and of course, that has financial benefits for the organisation in terms of retention and not having to recruit new people. That sums it up, um, Dr. Fiona. Thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much.